Welcome, friends. This is Brian Hudson, and welcome to another edition of Conversations in Focus here on Vision Stream Network. This program concept is quite simple. I want to bring to you people I believe are making an impact in our community, in our world, people who are doing great work, whether it's with young people or adults or community. And we have here today, I have with me a man who is doing a phenomenal work, a substantial work in the lives of young people. And I'm talking about no other than Dr. Robert Townsend. Dr. Townsend, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're here to talk about a program he founded and he and his wife lead called the Performing Arts Conservatory. Now, what is that? Well, you're going to find out because performing arts is in the realm of arts. Now, I, if you watch my program, you know I'm about all things arts, performing arts, media arts, visual arts. And I feel that part of my role with this platform is to empower uh families and adults and the youth especially to discover their God-given gifts and performing arts in this program will be one way we'll talk about how to maximize the gifting that God has put on the inside of young people. We know that uh, in the Bible, people like David <laughs> was a performing artist. Yes, He was a musician. He was, of course, a prophet, a priest, a king, a genius, really. And so the spirit of performing arts is all throughout scriptures, no, no denying that. And so my guest today is going to talk to us about the power of performing arts. Talk to us about how to help young people discover their grace and gifting from God. So first of all, Dr. Townsend, uh, what is the Performing Arts Conservatory? Well, thanks again for having me on the program. The Performing Arts Conservatory is an organization we founded back in 2010, and we seek to work with youth primarily grades 6 through 12, in the areas of dance, drama, and music. Uh, right now, we are meeting in on Sundays at the Indie Dance Academy. It allows for the right type of floor and mirrors for the dancers, so that was perfect. But also, uh, these past two years, we've been able to have everybody together. So we have a vocal ensemble we have an instrumental ensemble and the dance ensemble. The drama that is done is is done depending on the pieces that we perform. For example, this year at our showcase coming up, the ladies are doing a piece, um, Let the Church Roll On. It's a spiritual um, satire by um, Jester Harrison's arrangement. And it's pretty, pretty funny. So they'll be doing some, um, of course, they'll have their um, church dresses and the gloves and the purses and the fans and they'll be play acting through the song so we do things of that nature one of the things that um, concerned me I was a public school teacher in the system uh, Warren Township Washington Township and Indianapolis Public Schools and I'm very concerned about the instruction that's going on there some really great instruction going on and many teachers are struggling, uh, particularly in those uh, performing arts areas. But there are some buildings. Uh, the year that I left, um, they were and went to the university level to teach. There were 10 buildings that did not have music teachers, and that's just the elementary buildings. Mm -hmm. And uh, they weren't really sure what they were going to do the next year. So um, the instruction um, at 
performing arts conservatories is very focused on training them to be professionals in the area that they choose. Now, we are not, um, we don't, we know that not all of them will become famous dancers, famous musicians, famous singers, uh, famous theater people, but that whole performing arts thing in their life does something for them to make their life more whole, as we know from a lot of research and experience. Yes, we have confirmed that as well in our media arts program. The concept, the data just shows that when we uh, empower young people in arts, then their self-esteem goes up. Absolutely. You know, their confidence and the academics mm-hmm. goes up because one feels better about oneself and discovers they have, one has grace and gifting and they're special. Mm-hmm. So where they struggle, is it feels less of a struggle because they're good at something else, right? Mm-hmm. And that's important. Now, you say... Your young people are into they're into song, they're singing, they're mm-hmm. musicians, they're yes. acting, and doing dance. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So it's a it's a, it's a well-rounded performing arts program. Now, are you a musician? I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, keyboards my major instrument, but of course, uh, I went to school to be a music teacher, so I had to learn them all. Yes. All the instruments, and of course, voice. I am not a dancer. Never have been. And if you saw me, you would be quite embarrassed. I mess with the dancers all the time um, when they're when I walk into their rehearsal, and the dance instructor is working with them. And I'll say, uh, "Hey, listen, if that's a problem, let me know because I can jump right in and take that person's spot." And the kids will say, "No, that's okay. That's okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my gifting, but it's it's amazing when you see." Little reverse psychology there. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking here at the mission statement on the website, and it says we provide an environment where students will grow intellectually, focusing on their gifts and talents in music, dance, and drama, while training them to be future leaders. Interesting. What is the aspect of leadership as relates to performing arts? Well, that's interesting. We have a board member now that is a major. IT person in General Motors, <laughs> so sits sits at the table to make decisions as, as it relates to human resources and IT in General Motors. And she was sharing with us. She's a um, flautist, played flute for years, and when she when this position became her first position came open, her first uh, job. Uh, she was working for General Motors, and then there was a point where she was promoted to a new position. And there were, I think, two or three finalists. She was one of the finalists and received the position. And the person that made the decision said to her, we gave the position to you because you played an instrument, mm. which is real interesting. It is interesting. And the others did not. And his his take on that was, I just find that musicians or former musicians very collaborative. They work well together. They are very flexible. Um, you know, they are fine with playing HH as opposed to some uh, other areas with, that are a little more rigid. And so that was that was a great thing. So coming from that, that just goes right along with the research of what happens when you are when you participate in performing arts. Now I 
have sense enough to know and not negate. It's very similar to sports. Um, one of the things, though, that we, one of the reasons why we started TPAC, as the kids call it, was because there are so many sports programs out there. It's amazing. My daughter was, who's also a violinist and um, swam and played volleyball. Uh, there were so many opportunities for her, but not as much for the uh, for her playing violin. There are a few possibilities, but not as much as she could do those sports. And so not all children are outstanding in sports. Um, I tell them all the time that I should have been on the team with Michael Jordan. The problem was I'm not good. I love basketball. I'm <laughs> just not great at it. And so my gifting was in the area of music. And, and we have children that have lots of gifts in, in the area of performing arts. And so we just wanted to provide that opportunity for them. That's outstanding. You know, the stats we know about professional sports, we're aware of how few people actually become Absolutely. professional athletes. Absolutely. And we know that among those, I mean, how short the career actually is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 10, 12 years, 8 years average, 6 for football, I believe. Yeah. But yet, arts, performing arts, you have skills for a lifetime. Absolutely. What is the genesis of the Performing Arts Conservatory? Um, what's the story behind your <laughs> founding? Yeah, not to spook anybody out, but uh, at the age of 14, uh, I am a Christian, first of all. And at the age of 14, uh, God gave me a vision of this uh, performing arts school. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, my journey's been very interesting because I figured I would help him with this vision. And so, you know, I became a teacher and was teaching in public school and private school situations. And I said, there it is, God. Okay, I'm doing it. And, you know, it's very clear he was, that's not what I told you to do. That's great because you get the experience and um, the opportunity to sort of practice on someone else's dime, so to speak, and to hone up on your skills. So um, I grew in the area of being able to teach in the performing arts world. But um, that's really how this came about, that it's a vision that I received at a young age and then finally said yes to it. And we began building it in uh, 2010. So we're, it, it eventually will be a school in the performing arts uh, with the performing arts focus. Um, one of the reasons that um, we started this was in my years of teaching, I noticed that some students learn differently. We've got a couple of students now that in that are in the performing arts conservatory that uh, struggled for a while with certain subjects, and then helping them to focus on okay, the same way that you learn those steps, the same way that you learn that piece. That's the same way that you can learn how to do math. It's it's your learning style, and if we can, and so what we will do in this school is. We will uh, teachers will have training on how to deal with different types of learners. Not that they're not doing it in the public schools or in other private schools, but this one has a focus on the performing arts. So the performing arts will be the driver, not the sprinkles on the cake, yes. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this now, going back to being a musician, mm-hmm. I'm always curious to ask artists this question. Uh, what did God do in your life? to motivate you 
uh, in music. Wow. Okay. Um, growing up in uh, Michigan, that was where I grew up, a uh, very uh, interesting type of situation. There was a lot of uh, turmoil because I grew up in the 60s. So there's a lot of things that were going on, um, racial situations, um, socioeconomic situations. And um, we weren't hit as bad. Uh, remember, I'm, uh, well, I will say I grew up in Flint, Michigan, where the dream of every young boy was to get out of high school or not get out of high school, go work for General Motors, Ford, or Chrysler. That's that's. At Chevrolet, that those those were the those were the things that we knew we would do, and um, many of my classmates didn't study for that reason, didn't really excel in education because they figured they would either play basketball for the NBA, play football for the NFL, or play baseball, or work for General Motors, Chrysler, <laughs> Ford. Um, about the ninth grade. They began shutting down, moving to other countries, and the plants closed. Uh, we personally were not hit because my father was a police officer, and my mother did uh, mainly worked in the home, but also worked as a uh, church secretary. So we weren't hit like many of us, but um, there's a movie that came out, um, documentary Roger and Me, uh, by Mike, uh, I forget his name, but it was the story of, of that going on in Flint. And I just remember seeing a scene where they were, uh, kids were coming home from school or he was driving through the neighborhood and everybody, the, the clothing, the um, furniture was all out on front lawn. Uh, they had been put out of their house and foreclosed on because you know, they work for General Motors and now don't have anything. And um, I can say, we lived through that, walking home with friends, uh, classmates, and the parents are there, get in the car, and then you never see them again. So um, th- the music, seeing all of this, along with just the typical uh, drama of growing up as a teenager, growing up as an African-American male in the United States, uh, the music world for me was a, a place to go to uh, get it back together, so to speak. Uh, I poured myself definitely into that. Um, and I'm uh, the gift that God gave me, uh, I've been playing since I was five years old. So um, that was one of the things that helped me to, uh, to be able to get through some of the things that I was seeing that were going on in the world. Now, Dr. Townsend, I see on the website as well, looking at core values. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at website, I see it. <laughs> to me, information that you post about your organization obviously is the core mm-hmm. that motivates all you do. And I'm reading here, it says, we will educate students by incorporating good citizenship values in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. It also says we will utilize an intense, disciplined, instructional philosophy experience. Now, you don't seem very intense to me. <laughs> but I suspect you should, students see you a different ask side. The student, I would say I suspect they see a different side of you. <laughs> but yeah. talk about uh, that that 
meaning, the intense discipline, instructional philosophy? Well, uh, I'll talk from our motto that the, every day, every, every session we have, we have what's called family time at the end where all three come together, the different areas of performing arts, and we come together and there's announcements and, and things, and we always end the day with uh, saying our motto, God has given me a great gift, and I will be thankful by learning. So I push that. We all, all three of us push that. Um, the, yes, you're gifted, but you ain't all that, mm-hmm. basically. And <laughs> that sometimes we have to remind, particularly performers, um, that um, it's, it's a gift from God, and he can take it away. He can let you have it. It can grow. It can stay the same. But your your job is to as best as possible and as far as possible, go as far as you can with your gift through learning. And so we push that in our sessions. And I'm sure that, you know, your example and your team's example, the intensity is not in emotional as much as it is intellectual, no. expectation-wise. Absolutely. We've learned that. When you expect a lot from young people, you, you get more if you expect more. Well, one of the things that, that uh, the three of us push is um, we, the repertoire that we do is profe- it's, it's difficult. It's professional repertoire. What I found from uh, even my years of teaching, and sometimes we'll get criticized by other teachers about the repertoire, but what I found with, with this, exactly what you said, if you don't tell them they're not supposed to be able to do this, they can do it. They will rise to, to it. Um, when I began teaching in Flint, Michigan, uh, we went through a training. I don't know if they do it much anymore. It's called TESA. Teacher expectation, student achievement. And what you expect, that's what they will rise to achieve. So we expect excellence in, in every way. Uh, even with the two-hour sessions once a week that we have, we expect the excellence. And they push and, and strive for that. It's not always perfect, obviously, because we're not perfect beings. But it's perfect in that they have done their very best. Yes, yes, so important. Looking here again at the values, or core values, another one here says, we would develop a strong health and wellness program to encourage the students to have successful lives. How does wealth and healthness factor in to performing arts? A lot of those core principles uh, are things that are def- are down the road as far as when the school opens, but even in our sessions, our um, right now the after-school program, so to speak, after-school meaning it's not during school hours, um, we still talk about and have sessions about how you are taking care of yourself as um, particularly the dancers. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> particularly the I dancers. I watched the performance, and I just thought young man had to be in shape. That yes, yes. It's it, but uh, so talking about, and then also just about healthy living, that uh, substances, um, drugs, alcohol, um, do impede your performance. I remember a show as a teenager and this amazing young lady who could sing so well and she was uh, during the rehearsals it was amazing it was awesome the night of the show she did the whole song in one key and the band was in another key she had smoked weed Mm. (laughs) she thought she was doing an amazing job Mm. but all of that affects you and that's what we try to teach them yeah those you know, choices. Brain, yes. Brain development is underestimated in terms Absolutely. of impact on growth because we know 
you know, the brain is, is a physical organ. There's synapses there, and mm-hmm. and it's possible to be high and think your brain is doing one thing mm-hmm. and you're doing something else. <laughs> and so, yeah. but the wellness piece I also would assume comes in with the breathing. Absolutely. As you know, people are playing instruments and how warming you sing, up, and warming up, uh, and uh, staying hydrated. Yes, yep, sir. All those things, it's, it's getting a, rest. Yes, yep. it is so important. Mm-hmm. Next question is: How do you motivate young people to pursue? performing arts motivation is a very interesting theory (laughs) as an educator um there's so many different theories that are involved in motivation and student engagement and those types of things uh we don't seem to have that problem yet at the Performing Arts Conservatory, students who come want to participate. Uh, the motivation has come from those expectations. These are the things that we expect. And there are some students who who, who decide, and parents who decide, mm, maybe not, we're not there. Uh, because there's a fee. Uh, it's not ridiculous, but there's a fee. And, and um, parents will decide, you know, they're not taking it seriously. We're not going to have them be a part. But uh, we haven't had that uh, problem. But in, in my experience of teaching, it can be difficult to motivate and educate. And uh, there's two things that I do personally, and that is I model, demonstrate what, um, what that means to be uh, active and engaged. And then I inspect what I expect. So if if I give them an instruction, uh, most of the time I work with the singers now, and if I give their, the young ladies an instruction and then uh, we go back through it and it's not there, I will then go to another level of, uh, okay, so what did you miss from my statement? Because you, you didn't just do what I said we needed to do. And typically it's they're playing around, they're not being serious, and then they get focused. <laughs> so um, I don't know if it's the dad in me. I don't know if it's the years of teaching. Um, but um, I typically don't have that problem. And I know uh, our instrumental uh, and um, dance teacher doesn't seem to have that problem. The, um, the whole thing about uh, motivation and engagement is you – We do work with the students. There's at the end of the year, we have a session with uh, some of the seniors from all the areas, uh, the the directors of each area, our executive director, Bridget Townsend, my wife, and we come to a place. uh, Usually, it's a restaurant, and we talk about how the final show went, the showcase went. um, Talk about things we could do better, and then we begin to talk about what we will do for the next season, what's our uh, focus. And so there being a part of planning, they sort of take on this um, ownership. as And so that has also been helpful with engagement. I would think, too, that uh, once they come to the conservatory and among others of similar passion, of course, iron sharpens iron. The Bible says Absolutely. that. That's, that's also, I'm sure, a factor. My theory on motivation kind of goes with the idea that schools should expose young people to a number of experiences, whether it's performing arts, media arts, 
science, technology. We never know what will spark an interest in a young person. I remember when I was at Arlington High School way back in the 70s, they took us on a bus to Ball State University, to the architecture school, and I saw this multimedia presentation, slide, slide projectors synchronized with wow. sound. I thought, whoa, whoa, never seen that before. And that experience sparked in me a motivation for media arts. Mm-hmm. I had done visual arts all my life, and so my point is we never know what experiences that will, will spark in that child an interest. In the uh, five years that we have been running this program, we've been to see the Avenue Dance Theater. We've been to see the Indianapolis Symphony. Um, we have been to a uh, choral performances. We have been to dramatic performances. Uh, this past season, they uh, we did do a trip to uh, Bellarmine University down in uh, Kentucky, and they performed there with performers, their professors there. Uh, we participated with the Philharmonic Orchestra of Indianapolis uh, on their um, concert in February, and we'll um, plan to do that again in 2019. And um, so the students were sitting you know, in, in an orchestra. They were sitting side by side with uh, professional players. Uh, the singers were singing with singers, and uh, the dance ensemble perform one of the pieces with the orchestra and the uh, choir. That's one of the things that um, that makes us a little different that I probably should have talked about earlier than some other programs. We're not a dance troupe. We're not a symphony orchestra. We're not a choir. Uh, these uh, ensembles perform together. They Yes, they do some repertoire by themselves, obviously, but the goal that I'm trying to teach them and we are trying to teach them is how to work together. And so we do performances of pieces that include all of the genres of, of music and dance and drama. And uh, this is uh, one of the things that, because uh, one of the students asked me earlier on, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? And I was trying to help them understand. And I had one a former board member come in who was a professional musician in a, um, one of the shows in uh, New York. And he decided to change the tempo. <laughs> and at the end of the show, was uh, told him, you don't have to continue anymore. You don't have to come back. was fired. Uh, when you make decisions like that, you affect. it affected the lines. Mm-hmm. It affected the singers on the stage. It affected the dancers. It affects everything. So learning how to work with, uh, with other performing arts ensembles even is important, and so that's why we um, have pieces that include all of them to try to help them understand that. That's important because diversity is always important inside of a profession or discipline. For example, my training in media arts, uh, we learned photography and Mm -hmm. typography. Mm -hmm. We did uh, visual art. We did painting. We did color theory, uh, realizing that, you know, in, in the real world, you can't just have photography only. Right. <laughs> you can't just draw only. Right. And I, I can imagine also performing arts, having you know at least some knowledge of these different uh, disciplines in, right. the, in, in the various fields, again, helps one become more valuable and, and more useful yes. in the areas. Next question I want to ask you is, what is your view of the state of the arts in our schools here in Indianapolis, Marion County? 
Well, I can even say the state of arts are um, in trouble, not only in our area, in the, in the United States. It is a mindset of something that I alluded to earlier that the performing arts and arts in general are the sprinkles on the cake. And when you, when you are seen as sprinkles, you might need them, you might not need them. It's not really necessary. And so um, what has to occur, in my opinion, is that the leaders in the world of education need to understand that we aren't just building people who can count and uh, put the correct doses of uh, medication together, uh, you know, which is I'm totally not against them, but I, it, I, it concerns me that there's such a focus on STEM that it leaves out everything else that it makes one a very dry person. And then what, what I have seen, even in the work world, are people who never participated in arts that um, have difficulty in a workplace, just those with those, as the business world says, those soft skills, those people skills. Um, I um, work with a colleague now who's very, very brilliant in those numbers, but um, is losing staff almost you know, monthly. Uh, people just do not want to work with them because of the lack of people skills. And I just wonder if um, the fact that that person did not have arts in their life is, had an effect on it. There's, of course, there's research and there are theories that uh, doesn't make a difference, but there's uh, more research that says that it does. It makes a more well-rounded person, a more um, uh, impactful citizen. So true. I remember in my master's program in education, which I have a master's degree in education, mm-hmm. in, in studying uh, educational systems, we realized that our system today is somewhat based on the agricultural yes. and industrial model, mm-hmm. where we're preparing students to run machines and mm-hmm. you know, drive tractors and such. And, and we're well past that era now. We're in information age now. <laughs> and, yeah. and we should be preparing students uh, with a more liberal arts approach to you know develop their minds to solve problems yep. to see solutions, and the one size fits all model is just not helping our young people. No. And then when we decide that we got you know they have to pass the test, and passing tests is important. We believe in testing and mm-hmm. assessments, mm-hmm. but the high stakes testing and teaching to the test leaves no room for create, creative expression. No. I remember coming up in my high school, Arlington High School, we had a, we had a vibrant arts program. I won a countywide award um, in arts, in, a, in a, a visual art. Mm-hmm. Poster contest I won. Mm-hmm. A black kid from the hood. Right. I beat out the kids in Carmel <laughs> and everybody else because I had Mr. Mr. Lentz, these great teachers who were passionate about art, and they made us understand it's a part of your life and it's as important as the academics. And I sense, Dr. Towns, you have a similar passion where you want to Absolutely. help young people understand that the arts is not something, it's not sprinkles on top, right? It's fundamental right. to your character. Is that fundamental. correct? Fundamental, absolutely. This has been a very interesting conversation. hope you've been interested to hear uh, what the Performing Arts Conservatory is doing. 
to hear the heart of the founder, Dr. Townsend. Let's talk now, if we could, about what's coming up in the Performing Arts Conservatory. What events are planned? What major events are coming up? What should we be aware of and looking out for? And what can we support? So we have, each year we do a what's called our showcase in June. And our showcase is coming up June 10th. It's the second Sunday in June. And it's at 4 p.m. This year it's going to be at Light of the World Christian Church. Uh, you'll be able to see all of the ensembles together. It's also our fifth year of this program working together. And so we have former members coming back to participate with the current members. And it's, so, it's going to be sort of like a reunion. It's really neat. They're all excited. Um, you will see a number of different types of genres. We're going to do works from all five years. So uh, there will be classical pieces. There will be um, pop pieces. There's going to be gospel pieces uh, performed. And it's it's going to be really an amazing show. It's it's the theme this year is the TPAC journey. And uh, so uh, going through those five years and uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, would love to see all of you there. Um, tickets can be purchased if you go to our uh, website. Uh, they can be purchased through uh, Evite. Um, they also, you also can see the information on the Facebook. Uh, you, you have to type in the Performing Arts Conservatory, and uh, the, all the information is there. Coming up uh, again, June 10th. We'd love to see you guys there. During the course of our talk, I have been showing the website on the screen below us. You can, you've seen that the whole time we've been conversing. Please visit the website, learn more, more about the conservatory, purchase tickets to the, to the event coming up, and just you know, be motivated to encourage your young people to see if God's put in them uh, a seed of performing arts, grace, and gifting. And uh, as parents, our responsibility is to help young people connect with God that way. So I encourage you uh, to help them that way. Dr. Townsend, we're at the end of our time together. I'd like to always ask guests before we close out, you want to share anything with our uh, viewers and listeners as we close out this conversation? Well, Brian, thank you so much for having me on this, uh, this time to talk with you about it. Uh, just, I would just want to encourage parents, as Brian has said before, to encourage your students to participate in everything. They, they need an opportunity to be exposed to things. Uh, my pastor always says, how can you expose people? How can people make a decision if they've never been exposed? Of course, he's talking about uh, being exposed to Christ and deciding to live that life. But in it, that's in anything. In, in order for you to uh, make a decision, you have to be exposed to what it is, or else how would you know? So I would love, again, to encourage you that wherever you are, wherever you may be, to encourage your students to get engaged, to try some things, to find out what is their gifting. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Dr. Robert Townsend, the founder of the Performing Arts Conservatory in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I trust you were as uh, excited as I am to have heard about uh, this program, to learn more about it, what young people are doing 
in maximizing their God-given gifts. And I encourage you, again, to visit the website there on the screen. And you want to uh, learn more and support this organization. It's a nonprofit, so they take donations. Is that correct, Dr. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) You can send your money and and help them help young people. And I'm sure they can use more help. So please uh, consider making an investment into this tremendous resource for young people in our community. Thank you for watching Conversations in Focus here on the Vision Stream Network. And just stay tuned for future programs with great guests. Until then, God bless. Dr. Townsend, that one thing schools really can do and should do is expose students to a number of experiences. <laughs> a lot of efforts. Your phone. My phone, man. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Guilty, man. Turn your phone off, Doc. Is your phone off? Is yeah. it, did, 